Welcome to the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas that are shaping the future of agribusiness. Innovation, resourcefulness, and collaboration are essential for feeding a growing population, and we believe the agriculture industry is up for the challenge. Please welcome your host, Tim Hammerich. Hello there, and how's it going? Thanks so much for downloading another episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hamrich. I'm an agribusiness recruiter, and it's my pleasure to bring you these stories every week of the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agribusiness. I'm going to uh, start off today's show by asking for a little bit of patience from you. Um, I We had some unexpected uh, health issues with the family. Everything, everything's okay, but looks like uh, my wife's going to be spending a little bit of time uh, in the hospital over the next month. So uh, we may have to put out a couple of replay episodes. I'm very, very pleased I'm, I'm getting to share this interview with you here today. Uh, but just ask for your patience. If we put out a couple of flashback episodes, I think you'll enjoy them because they're great interviews. But uh, know that I will be back. Back as soon as I can uh, to bring you the latest and greatest content related to uh, ag entrepreneurship, ag sustainability, uh, food security, and ag tech. All stories that we regularly cover here on the Future of Agriculture podcast. Um, taking this opportunity to highlight a guy that uh, I, I've come to know as a friend, uh, somebody who is just starting a really impressive business up in Iowa related to farmland, uh, farmland data, uh, and farmland information. Uh, a guy I get to talk to every Every couple of weeks uh, on the phone as we compare notes as uh, people trying to start things in, in the world of agriculture, uh, just you're going to be able to tell instantly a very intelligent guy, uh, somebody who's really thinking about um, agriculture and agribusiness from a very creative angle and, and wanting to truly create a company that uh, creates value. And so I'm, I'm very excited to have on here today, Stephen Broxius. Stephen is the CEO and founder of Terva. That's T-E-R-V-A. Uh, you can find it at Terva.ag. It is a company that aggregates uh, data related to farmland transactions and farmland values. And he is building a marketplace where you can not only educate yourself on the farmland market, uh, but actually connect with people trying to build, buy and or sell farmland. Uh, right now, they're just in Iowa, but you're going to hear about his plan to expand to other states in the very near future. Enjoy this interview uh, with my good friend, Stephen Broxus. Well, uh, Stephen, maybe if you could just start by telling us what is Terva? Well, Terva is an online database of farmland sale records, and we're working to make the ideal way to buy, sell, and rent farmland. So essentially, users can go to one website and find every upcoming auction, every active farmland listing, every past sale transaction, uh, right from their computer. And then the second thing is they can get connected with professionals or tools or uh, services to help them you know, buy, sell, or rent farmland. So when we look at Terva kind of at a high level, we say our vision is to make the world's farmland information accessible. And we're doing that through our mission of building the ideal way to buy, sell, and rent farmland. So it surprises me that something like this didn't already exist. When, when you first had this idea, did you kind of think, oh, certainly there must be something like that out there and, and just like scour the internet for it? <laughs> yeah, that's how I started. Um, you know, And even the basic concept itself isn't anything terribly um, – you know, out there, you know, it's merging essentially Google Maps and public farmland records um, and then making it searchable. And so, yeah, I started searching the internet and 
um, trying to discover what is out there and realize that this access to information around farmland sales is it, it's really um, out of date. You know, that there's databases at county courthouse records and the uh, NRCS and USDA has different databases, but they're all in silos in their own little worlds. And so that's where uh, we started to come in and do some tests to see how we could pull these databases together and just try to make this information more accessible. Now, go, going back to before you started Turva, uh, were you an entrepreneur in search of an idea or did an idea kind of make you an entrepreneur? Uh, I'm an ideas person. I have journals and notebooks of ideas and thoughts and questions. And, um, you know, I was really attracted to entrepreneurship. I didn't really know what it was, but I'd met a lot of people who were business owners. And I later learned that a lot of them were entrepreneurs. They started their own small businesses and, you know, widespread, larger scale businesses. And I was really attracted to the mindset and the drive and the passion that these people had. Um, and they, they genuinely felt like they were doing what they were called to do and helping people uh, through business. And I was really attracted to that. So in college, um, I remember walking into our College of Ag at Iowa State University, and I was looking for an internship that summer. And there was a big sign that said, Ag Entrepreneurship Initiative. I said, I think that's business owners. So I walked into the office, found a secretary and said, hey, I want an internship where I can work with a business owner. Uh, do you have anyone I can work with? And that led to an internship um, working at a startup. And that's kind of how everything started from there. So, you know, I'm an ideas person, a systems person. You know, the tide rises, raises all ships. And so I had learned a few things through that internship and started to pull out ideas and share them with people and see what stuck. Um, and then uh, went after it from there. That's so cool. So what what uh, what startup were you were you interning with? Uh, the startup I interned with was called AccuGrain. Uh, they had a technology that was developed by a professor at the university in the lab, and he was working on commercializing it. So Ryan, the founder, he's actually a past Iowa FFA president, and um, he had taken that technology and wanted to develop a system that could either augment or replace a traditional scale. And so it was actually a technology that measured the weight of flowing solids, he used it on the farm to measure the weight of flowing grain as it was coming out of a grain bin, um, you know, going into the truck. And so that entire summer, I met with a lot of folks in the grain industry, went to barge loadout systems along the Mississippi River, met with grain elevators, and started to learn what it what it looks like to do customer discovery, to search, uh, have, have a product, but search for the ideal place that it fits in the market, who it can help the most. And so... It was really intriguing and fun, and uh, I, I had incredible experiences working with Ryan and learning how to start a business. You know, and also the for me it was low risk because you know my my you know uh, I, my dollars were on the line. I was working for him, and so it was a great low risk way to learn what it takes uh, to truly start a business in the agricultural sector. Nice, uh, and I imagine you were pretty low risk as well, being an intern who just wanted to know about business. He probably wasn't paying you an arm and a leg. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, I know you mentioned Ryan was an Iowa FFA officer. I know you were a past national FFA officer. Now that you have gone down this entrepreneurial journey, how, how has uh, things you've learned in FFA uh, impacted you know your day to day on in a, on a practical level? And on a very pragmatic sense, um, you know, coming from the agricultural industry, there's something about hard work 
that is, is a value across the board, um, but really honing that in through FFA of setting goals and taking large objectives and breaking them down into smaller manageable milestones. Uh, that's everything in business because yeah, as a solo founder, especially for the longest time before I had a team, it was here's what the big goal is. Uh, how do I get to that? And then along that route, you've got product development, you've got business development, you have customers that you're talking with, uh, you have a bank account you need to open and some legal work to do. And so there's all these different units of things to get done. And FFA and Ag Ed really taught me to take that big goal, break it down into chunks, and then put timelines on it so you can start making progress. Um, that that in itself has been huge. Um, you know, in, in a kind of a broader sense, other things that FFA has done for me is simply the networking connections. And, you know, I don't want to say cliche that sound cliche around, you know, the connections you have will last a lifetime. However, there's so many people in the world of FFA from my personal ag teacher uh, to FFA members to national FFA people in different states um, who I've been able to connect with, learn from now that I'm uh, looking at a lot of my career through a business standpoint, and then they've been able to connect me with other individuals and, and get my foot in the door with really influential individuals. And so um, it's just incredible the things that one organization can do for um, you know for anyone in the lifetime of their career. And I feel very lucky uh, to have had that experience because it's helped me a lot um, on this entrepreneurial journey as well. Yeah. And that's actually how you and I know each other is, is through uh, Jeanette Barnard and Brian Hogue, uh, past guests on this podcast and, and national FFA officers that, that connected us. So uh, for those listening, Stephen and I are both coming off of a trip to the national FFA convention just last week. So we're still kind of riding that, that high of, uh, of being at being in Indianapolis at national FFA. Uh, I, I know Stephen, I asked you earlier about, you know, why didn't this already exist? And, and, and sometimes when you start a business, um, once you get into the details and the hard work, you start to realize why it didn't already exist. <laughs> Has that been the case for you? Has there been anything where you're just like, oh, uh, I didn't realize that it was going to be so hard to do X, Y, or Z? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I actually literally just responded to an email uh, from someone who was uh, providing us feedback and explaining, you know, some things that we need to improve upon or change um, in, in the product because um, it was something I just wasn't aware of. And as I dive into it, it's just really intriguing that at face value, yeah, let's take public records, merge them with Google Maps, and see who finds this database interesting. Um, well, when you dig into it, for us, we're collecting farmland sale records from over 250 websites from all 99 counties across the state of Iowa. And every single one of those uh, initial sources we go to has data in different formats and styles. And, mm. you know, some are hard copy PDFs, others are online databases. And so, you know, as you really dig into the details of anything, um, you know, it's become very evident to me why this hasn't existed before. And, and that's a really intriguing, you know, challenge to try to figure out is, okay, how do we solve this, these issues that haven't been able to be done, but then also from a business context, how do we create a sustainable business out of this? You know, if, if we put in all this work and only 10 people um, find value in it and we'll pay money for it, then it, it might not be something that we can do. And so it's really studying, you know, the problems and, um, you know, working and talking with people to solve these different issues on a very technical side. 
And then on the broader sense in business, it's digging in and trying to understand how do we make a, a real business out of this uh, that is sustainable and can grow um, by helping people. And so there's been, you know, that's very one specific challenge on the data side, but there's just so many challenges that come from starting a business of your own, whether that's a farming operation, you know, out of high school or out of college, um, you know, or a, a technology business like uh, what Turva is. Yeah, and I know it's it's still uh, early days for Turva. And it, it's funny, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Is like when I was when I was six months into it, I was trying hard to convince everybody I'd been doing it almost a year. But now that I'm uh, uh you know almost two years into it, I'm trying to convince people I've barely just started. <laughs> so it, it's just funny the the kind of the mindset shift. But I know it's still early days for Turva. But uh, so mm-hmm. far, um, you know, with your combination of, of like you said, utilizing the, the Google Maps and then the data you're referencing, I imagine is like. Uh, transactions of farmland selling. Um, as you are kind of putting all this together, who is finding the most value in it? Yeah, we've had lots of conversations you know, as a team uh, internally and then externally with uh, farmland appraisers. Um, they find a lot of value in what we're doing because their entire job is to assess what a fair market value for farmland is. So they spend up 60 to 70% of their time researching the farmland market and farmland sales. And so that's where we provide a lot of value today. Uh, We've also been able to help a a good um, variety of farmland brokers who are experts, incredible experts on on keeping a beat of the farmland industry. And then some of my favorite phone calls are with individual landowners and farmers. I was talking with a farmer just two days ago. Uh, He's a younger guy. He farms with his dad. He wants to get more into farming um, of his own. So he's just looking for some more uh, land to farm, and he's looking at getting a beginning farmer loan. And so, um, you know, it's exciting getting to talk with farmers um, and landowners who are browsing and looking at things um, just from uh, every once in a while. Um, But on a more regular basis, we're able to help specifically appraisers um, and farmland brokers who are the experts in farmland industry. You know, and I really started this whole business. It started off, I grew up on a dairy farm in northwest Iowa. And the thought process was, as a farmer, how do I find uh, land to farm and how do I know what that farm is worth? Is it good quality? Is it not? I need some more data points to understand. Um, and since that very um, you know niche focus, we've been able to broaden that out. And uh, today I'm helping people that I uh, you know honestly had never really met before. And so it's really exciting uh, to do that and see what way the business takes itself as we learn more and do grow as a business. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Uh, you know, you you have you're serving a very real need right now, which is just the data. But I could see this evolving into you know a a in addition to the data, but a marketplace, and then also a place where you can get information like you mentioned about not only just uh, data, but but actually quality and and some of the more dynamic. Uh, of the farmland itself. So I think that that part is really interesting. Um, What format right now, as as your service currently is providing data, what format do people want that in? Do they want to just like click on a property and see what it sold for last? Or are they wanting like a report on the trends? Yeah, great question. Uh, It depends on who's looking at it. Uh, A lot of folks love the map-based drill down. It's simple, it's intuitive. When you're looking at land, um, it's very location dependent. And so, um, you know, they, they admire those factors. And so the, a lot of our users, they drill down on the map, they click on it, get a snapshot of the soil quality, um, the tillable acres, total acres, the price factors on that. Um, and now they're starting to ask for a few more 
data points around, you know, what what's the average price across that county? What are these trend lines? And so we do um, have some reports today on the current format. You can go to the website, drill down on the map, download a report. It'll give you some initial trend lines. Um, what we found is, you know, farmland brokers, they really like the map and the quick overview. They can click, 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 get the information they need and good to go. Whereas farmland appraisers and um, ag lenders, they're wanting some more financial points. They're wanting some more trend lines. They're wanting some more analysis on that. And so it really depends on who's using the software. You know, farmers uh, get real excited about just clicking around. And when I watch a farmer use our software, it's fun. They'll sit there for literally about 10 or 15 minutes and not say a word. And they just click on every piece of property that's for sale in their county. And they'll click on everyone that's sold. And they're just really curious to know what's going on in the area um, and, and um, get excited about, you know, living that agricultural um you know, life and having some talking points for, you know, farmers uh, who are their neighbors or at the coffee shop. And so it really depends on who we're talking with. Um, but that makes it exciting as we're developing a product to see how we can provide the most value um, to as many types of people as possible. So I can go on Turvo right now and, and, and look at farmland that's actually on the market, not just what's already transacted. Absolutely. Today, if you go to uh, turvo.ag, you can see every upcoming auction in Iowa, um, every active listing, and then you can also see recent sales. Okay, that's T-E-R-V-A, and I'll put it in the show notes for those of you listening, too. Um, what's the timeline looking like to expand outside of Iowa, and where, where are your sites set next? Yeah, today uh, we are focusing on Iowa to really run some tests, and as you're building a business, everything takes twice as long and twice as much money. And I was told that when I was getting started and I laughed at it and now I'm here and uh, it's very true. Um, and so we do have some incredible investors and, and partners that have been able to help us um, you know, build out the product for Iowa and really get a tight fit in the marketplace to help people. Um, and about mid-summer 2018 is when we're looking to start expanding our services to other key states um, that have very much an agricultural focus. And so we've identified a handful in the Midwest, you know, your Illinois, Indiana, um, you know, Nebraska, South Dakota, Kansas, um, you know, Minnesota's, and then some other ag states that have um, large volumes of agricultural land. You know, you're looking at your Texas, your California's, you know, um, you know, your Oklahoma's. And so we'll start by focusing on yeah, those key farmland, ag land states and then expanding the service from there. Great. And uh, the, the the vision as Turva grows not only to other states, but grows in scope of services is that um, there will actually be a transaction that takes place as a result of, of listing on listings on Turva farmland. Is that right? Uh, yeah. The great thing about building the marketplace component is we have the ability to provide direct connections to farmland brokers if that's what someone is in need of and get connected with a professional. Um, or we provide the ability um, for them to list their land, private treaty or for sale by owner. And so Turbo itself does not serve as a broker, um, simply a platform that has tools and marketing services and connections uh, to help individuals you know, get the word out about their farmland, you know. So when we look at the business itself, we, we look across the the world today and understand as much as we can about how farmland trades hands, you know, in the real world. And then we're working to replicate that on the internet since a lot of that isn't happening. And so any avenue um, of how land transacts today um, without the computer, 
we're looking at replicating that online. So that includes connecting with brokers, connecting with investors, um, you know, for sale by owner, all across the board. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm always intrigued, especially when there's uh, in, outside investment money in any business. Um, just had Charles Barron on from Farmers Business Network a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. And after I got off the phone with him, I'm just like, oh, I wish I would have asked him about uh, about the investment. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, in their case, it's something like ninety million dollars. What's the what's the case to to the investor of like, hey, here's why you're sure you're going to get your money back. You know what I mean? What's <laughs> what's uh, what's sort of the if I if I'm looking at investing in Turva, I could probably spare five or ten bucks. Uh, Stephen, if you're interested, uh, if, I, if I'm looking at investing in Turva, uh, what, what's what's the compelling case for for getting my money back? Um, well, the first compelling case for any startup is there's no guarantee you'll get your money back, which makes mm-hmm. it exciting for folks. <laughs> um, but the compelling uh, side of it, specifically on our business, is you know bringing the agricultural real estate industry online um, has potential to really uh, shift the industry and how people um, interact and think about farmland. And so it, it changes the dynamic. For example, if the internet has the potential to create 100% transparency, 100% access to information. And so that's what's exciting to investors is once that's available, um, you know, what does that do for the real estate industry? You know, how do farmland brokers and farmland appraisers you know, provide even more value now that they have in-depth analysis of this data they've never had before. You know, or how do landowners um, market or sell their land? Um, you know, instead of posting an advertisement in a newspaper, now they have access to a lot larger base online. And so, um, it has potential in, in startup life. We call it disruptive and disruption. Um, but what's really intriguing, and in, you know, the investors that. Um, we have um, really understand that disruption in the agricultural context looks very different than you know disruption in a in a Silicon Valley um, you know or social media based business um, because in agriculture you know you you might have transparency you might have um, things online but there's a relationship factor and an integrity factor and um, you know this kind of you know community around the agricultural values factor. And so that's what's really exciting and intriguing um, with investors that I have is, hey, let's let's take some of these you know, digital factors um, that are alive on the coast and in these high tech areas, um, and then infuse that with the values of you know boots on the ground, hardworking agriculture, um, and, and see if we can do this the right way. And so it's really the exciting, um, you know, the exciting juggernaut of. Um, problem solving that a lot of people, you know, just like FBN are trying to figure out how do you merge those two worlds. Um, and if we're able to get that to happen, you know, again, the tide rises, raises all ships, you know, the pie will continue to grow for everyone in the industry. Uh, and that grows the, the economy. And that's what's really exciting uh, to folks who are invested in us as a company. Very cool. Yeah, I know uh, for me, you know, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I wonder what, what it would be like to to live in, you know, uh, Boise, Idaho. And so I'll just like hop on a Zillow and check it out and like look at all the, the data I can find just out of personal curiosity. I could see where uh, after listening to this, there are going to be farmers and agribusiness people and, and people just who have ever even thought about farming and bankers and investors that all hop on Turva and just like check things out and get just get a just get a good feeling for for the, the landscape as far as. Um, 
values go. I'm curious on one thing. You know, uh, I would imagine uh, in Iowa there is some certified organic ground, and mm-hmm. that's going to have a very different price point than your not certified organic. Is that factored in anywhere on Turva, or will it be? Yes, absolutely. I was actually just talking with a landowner about three weeks ago um, who's looking at posting her land um, on Turva, and it's it's 100% organic. And so what we do as a company um, is we simply provide the data as is and then highlight different attributes of it. And so that's definitely something, you know, as we move forward, um, you know, there's a lot of interest on the organic side as well as uh, smaller non-traditional farms. Um, You know, there's a lot of folks, uh, especially, you know, millennials who are looking like, hey, I don't want to live in a city. I'd like to live in the country, uh, have a small five to 10 acre plots. Um, you know, doing some different, you know, my hands in the dirt, working, having, you know, just a small team working on it. Uh, but I also want to live close to where I can travel and go do things. And that's where it's intriguing. Um, you know, on the organic side, those are things that we do have organic land um, on Turva today, some land that's for sale. Uh, we're working on finding an even more ways to highlight some of those attributes. Um, but it's one of those things that you know, a lot of, you know, Zillow is really great, especially in, um, you know, populated areas, um, but a lot of rural parts of the of the country, um, you know, it's hard to find spots out in the countryside, you know, that aren't in a city or aren't in a town. And, and that's exactly what we see Turbo doing is bringing some more, uh, shedding some more light on uh, the life and the land in these rural parts throughout the country, um, which quite frankly are thriving in a lot of ways. Um, and it, it, it'd be great to um, you know, get some more interest rallied around that. Absolutely. Steven, I, I really appreciate this. The people listening don't know this, but, but I get to talk to Steven every, every uh, couple of weeks on, on a call that, uh, a few of us that are, uh, interested in ag entrepreneurship, just kind of chat and, uh, compare notes. And I, I, I really am excited to have you on the show here because appreciate your insights every time we get to talk and, uh, you're going places, man. This, I, I believe in, in this idea and, and more importantly, believe in, in your ability to execute it. So, uh, congratulations on, on everything you've done and, and thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. If anybody uh, is curious about Turva, you can go to T-E-R-V-A, so Turva, T-E-R-V-A dot ag, A-G, uh, and learn more. And if they want to reach out to you directly, Stephen, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, best way, I'm very reachable via email. It's simply Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, at Turva dot ag. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I love stories about entrepreneurs in agriculture, uh, people looking at things from a real agricultural perspective like Stephen does growing up on a dairy farm, but people looking at it very progressively, like how can we utilize and leverage these ideas that are ingrained in, in conventional agriculture and combine it with new ideas uh, related to data and related to technology in order to uh, create a more prosperous future for all involved. And so really excited to uh, uh, to share that interview with Stephen, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm out on Twitter at Tim Hammerich. If I can make just one request of you, uh, we have moved the future of agriculture from aggrad.com onto futureofag.com. Uh, subtle difference, but it's now housed on Medium. Uh, Medium is an online blogging platform, uh, which through the use of a, a, a tool called Radio Public, we can actually allow people to listen to the show right on Medium. So it's kind of cool. I would love if you would go to futureofag.com and subscribe to our Medium publication there. I've been writing up little uh, insights about each interview that I've gleaned uh, from our guests and 
would love for you to be a part of that. Thanks so much for listening every week. I'll be back next week uh, or we'll have a replay for you. Hopefully I'll be back, but uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast with Tim Hammerich. Visit futureofag.com, that's futureofagag.com today to get connected into careers in the agriculture industry. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.